here's what I remember about Meet Joe Black. A lot of people went to see it only because it had the first trailer for Phantom Menace attached to it. Really? Yeah. And so I thought you were gonna say because Brad Pitt was so dreamy. Um, he is, but. (laughs) (laughs) Hey everyone, welcome to the Thin Red Vine. This is Mark. This is Dave, and we started. I guess I didn't. I wasn't ready. I kind of jumped in. Just to be starting. Um, we're talking about two things today, side by side. Um, I'm all over this mic. You're all over I'm the mic. Stop touching there it. might be some noise. That's Mark go. touching the mic. I think he's good. It might be me touching the I'm mic. I'm gonna try to remind him not to touch the mic. If you've heard noises like that in the past, rest assured it's Mark touching the mic. He can't help it. Um, is it we've been training, we've been practicing, <laughs> been trying to get him to stop touching yeah, the mic, and it can't be done. But I'm like Huey Lewis. I told you on the mic. Good. I gotta good. grab the microphone. He loves and the stand. I gotta grab it. He loves mic work. He's, he's. I say Steven Tyler. He says Huey Lewis. <laughs> we both have different reference points for mic work, but um, that's what's going on. So we're back with a side by side. We got two things. If you saw the episode title, this is the Baby Ruth candy bar and a little movie from 1998 called Babe colon pig in the city yes we really hyped up babe pig in the city at the end of the last episode and we we didn't plan on that we just kind of got there as a joke kind of because we were talking about directors i pointed out what seemed to me to be a fascinating a fascinating thing about george miller's career the director of the mad max movies that he also directed the two happy feet movies and he also directed babe big in the city which is so odd it seems so odd and then i went further as uh we kind of jumped into uh deciding to watch it and looking more into it and i realized or i learned rather that he also wrote the first babe movie i saw that produced it his production like when this movie started babe 2 on the screen it said like this is a kennedy miller production i was like oh is this like a family thing and it kind of is there's like another miller who's part of the production company that produced all the mad max stuff and all the so there, it's a production company that they own, obviously, and they're making all of these movies out of. So you got the Mad Maxes, you got yeah. the Happy Feet, you got your babes. It's, um, it is interesting. It's an amazing interesting combination of things. But anyway, we're having some fun with the the title, Babe, Picking the City. Right. You got the Baby Ruth Candy Bar. Back to our old habits, yeah. candy. We briefly in a thought movie. about pairing the movie with bacon, but we thought, yeah, it's maybe a little, we shouldn't go there. It's a little, uh, yeah. We're better than that. <laughs> we can Can't eat them we can all be a little classier than that. Uh, pork rinds was also thrown out. Um, <laughs> so. But I think we landed on a good one with uh, Baby Ruth. Yeah, so... It's kind of a mysterious candy We bar. just ate a, several of them. You brought in a sack of fun-size <laughs> Baby Ruths, like you do. You're always coming, I, you I know, like to provide Mr. Treats. Candy Bags, Willy want- Wonka. Dave to associate good things when I come over. That's right. I went to the dentist last week, uh, Monday, this week, Monday, and fine. So Flawless. all your all your extra candy you're bringing Didn't into even... my diet, okay, unfazed. All right. He tapped all my teeth with the little the little thing. He said, "Good, good." He was like, he was outwardly expressing positive things. He was oh. like looking mouth, going, "Ooh, that's good." Ooh, and I have no idea what he was referring to. He was like, "Ooh, great." Oh yeah, great. Oh, keep up the that's good what work. You're getting... Keep up the good work, and then he pat me on the shoulder oh. and walked me out to the the uh, front desk. They're watching all kinds of teeth. In my so mouth. I'm just saying, keep an eye on this one. Keep an eye. Maybe on I'm just won the genetic lottery, but uh, keep it coming. Um, but the Baby Ruth candy bar, I obviously have had a Baby Ruth before. It's in the mix and like a Halloween candy, or if you get yeah, like I one of those like sacks it, of random candy, yeah, you get the Baby Ruth in the mix. Yep. I'm not sure I've ever 
gotten like a whole Baby Ruth candy bar from a gas station or from a checkout? I feel like I must have, but it's you not think? generally not the one I'm going for. I think I've eaten almost every other candy bar, like in its full full form, except for a Baby Ruth. Like I've eaten Mr. a Payday. I've eaten a Mr. I love Mr. Good Bar. It might be <laughs> might be my favorite candy bar. Whoa. Okay. I know you yeah. like that chocolate. If and we're talking combo. about a bar. Because I, I separate bar. the Reese's peanut butter cup because it's not a bar. So Correct. if I say my favorite candy bar, my favorite candy is probably the Reese's. Peanut what category butter cup. does the cups bar. go in? They're kind of. I would just say candy Your more favorite generally. Candy cup. Can, I mean, Reese's. like a, a York peppermint patty. I wouldn't call a candy bar. It's just candy. True. Okay. It's just a just in chocolate a candy. Nondescript candy gory. Right, like a milk dud. Candy gory. You see what I did there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I saw and I tried to talk past it, but, <laughs> no. but uh, I needed you to had, point that out. You had to call attention to it. Um, how do you feel about the baby Ruth? Um, Having eaten several of them just now, um, it's fine. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I enjoy. I like. I'm not super picky. So yeah, if you're not yeah, peanuts, if you're not familiar with the Baby Ruth, it's um, like a Snickers because it's yes. nougat with caramel and peanuts on top, covered in chocolate. Yep. It's different from a Snickers in that the nougat is a lot more dense and it's kind of nutty. Yeah. In and of itself, it's not can like I, a can light, I redo this d- the definition of what's in it? Because I would the love, very last would love part it. of it, I want clarification on. Yeah, this is from where? Where's your source of this uh, information? Babyruth.com, <laughs> Wikipedia. I don't. There's a bunch of like I googled it, and then it, I don't even think I searched anything else. It's like, what do you want to know? I just kept yeah. arrowing down. So. Yeah. Um, Baby Ruth, an American candy bar made of peanuts, caramel, milk, chocolate flavored nougat. Oh, I'm fine with that's all interesting. that. I'm, I'm fine Milk with that, though. I can, I can understand that. Okay. And then it says covered in compound chocolate. Compound. What's compound chocolate? Maybe it's a compound of like milk and like dark a, dark chocolate and milk chocolate. Okay. Or, or Like a mixture? Is that what I'm getting? Compound to me means a combination of okay. things. You know, it's a compound. So a combination of chocolates, maybe. It says that, compound yeah, chocolate. Com- compound. It's kind of like when you see like craft singles in the like the cheese in the store, and it says okay. like processed cheese food. It's like it's not. They can't call it cheese because it's not. It's not cheese. And that doesn't stop people from buying. But it. it's cheese food. So like compound chocolate. It's like a chocolate. <laughs> a chocolate compound. It's been tested on rats. They're fine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It looks, it looks and yeah. feels and tastes mostly like right. chocolate. Yeah, and I feel good. like the the common um, mistake with the candy bar is the the name, right? Give me an example. A bad well, name, you mean? No, no, no. I'm saying like this candy bar must have been named after Babe Ruth. Like oh, the, you, the, people the mistake his, the name correct, correct. That's for I mean. a reference to the baseball player. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But I have I know where the name came from now. Because I, Apparently. if you would have told me, if you would have asked me this yesterday. I would have said this is named after Babe Ruth, and no was, one's ever told me that. I just assume that it's true. I think because if you're playing trivia, it seems so obvious. And they said what it's named after. I, I think most people would pick. It has to be Babe Ruth, right? But you're saying no. <clears throat> I'm saying no. Okay. So here's what I know about. Here's some, here's some bits of tids. All right. Uh, it was introduced in 1921. Uh, the Curtis Candy Company refashioned its candy cake, spelled with K's. Candy cake into the Baby Ruth. So a candy cake must have been a pre-Baby Ruth bar, and it became the best-selling confection in the five-cent confectionery category by the late 1920s. The bar was a staple of the Chicago-based company for more than six decades, and I think this was located near, uh, like, Wrigley Field. 
Okay. So part. So, so it's so scream baseball, and baseball. Scream it's baseball, and baseball adjacent. Okay. So although the name of the candy bar sounds like the name of the famous baseball player Babe Ruth, the Curtis Candy Company traditionally claimed the KKK. Is that the what CCC? You're saying? <laughs> okay. You said it something a minute ago well, about the, it, the, something being named. <laughs> the the candy cake is CC. Okay. The Curtis Candy Company's triple C's. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know what kind of story we were breaking here. The, the, the Triple C traditionally claimed that it was named after President Grover Cleveland's daughter, Ruth Cleveland. Oh, so was she, when, when Cleveland was in the White House, was she a baby? So it was like baby Ruth? I think. It says, oh. the candy maker located on the same street as Wrigley Field. Oh, there it is. Named the bar Baby Ruth in 1921 as Babe Ruth's fame was on the rise 24 years after Cleveland had left the White House and 17 years after the daughter Ruth had died. The company did not negotiate an endorsement deal with Ruth, and many saw the company's story about the origin of the name to be a devious way to avoid having to pay the baseball player any royalties. Oh, so what you just said yeah. sounds like they did name it after <laughs> Babe Ruth, but they made up the story about maybe Grover Cleveland's daughter in order to... Get out of having to pay, but it's not like Ruth the name was likeness. around pre Babe Ruth. Maybe I don't know, or maybe no. I guess, it but was isn't a, what you just said? Aren't you saying that it came out around the time of Babe Ruth's ascent and the Cleveland presidency was decades earlier? Isn't that what you just said? True. So it sounds like they came up with this story. It is. A, it is maybe referring to Babe Ruth, but they yeah, would, fame they, was on the rise. Yes, but they want to insist Correct, as a company yeah. that it is not for legal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they came up with this other. Well, story. and then I think I don't have it here, but I guess I did, it could be both. I read a little more than I think when they when this they were trying to like um, market this thing. They would at baseball games around around uh, the U.S. Yeah. They'd go to different ballparks and drop little maybe fun size i don't know maybe or candy bars yeah. with little parachutes for people to from the sky i guess a plane would drop these things they drop it i know that was the marketing scheme i think they did it in one city Sheesh. maybe it was at where the cubs pl- actually i think it was pittsburgh for some reason okay and then everyone was like oh this is great and then they went and did it to like 40 other cities wow. i thought that was kind of interesting that's very interesting yeah the only time i've seen food dropped in I think I was at a Pistons game. You've had food dropped on you from yeah, the sky? Yeah, at some point, I think it was, It was. it's either, pit, no, maybe it was a Lions game. That makes more sense. It was sense. in Detroit. Because the Pistons would be inside, probably. Right. Well, even like the, the dome where the Lions play, but I guess, maybe, oh, you know, but right. they, it's so big, I've, pizza comes down. What? Yeah. Like you, you this, you're telling me you're at a football game <laughs> yeah. and pizza in a box. fell Little from the Caesars sky. Is, is a Detroit-based whatever, yeah. and so it comes in a pizza slice. slice drop. In a I box. didn't catch one. Other people did. On a little parachute. I swear. Fell I swear from I'm the not ra- dreaming this. Fell from the rafters of the <laughs> Silver Dome and landed. I think so. Around you. Around me. Near me. It might have happened at. This is this is this Maybe is the real the real story here. I didn't know places were dropping food from the sky at Those professional are the only two times events. I've witnessed and heard about something like that. So you this. think Little Caesars is stealing <laughs> baby Ruth's <laughs> I don't know. genius marketing don't ploy? Know. From here's here's some trivia ago. for you. Do you know the two There's at more. least two movies I'm thinking of where this candy bar is prominently featured? Two movies where the Baby Ruth candy bar is prominently featured. One of them, the Baby Ruth company paid 
a hundred thousand dollars to have it. They paid a the hundred grand to put their oh! baby room in it. Candy gory. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> is one of them um I feel like I've seen it. Eighties movie. Is it both of them? Is it big, the Tom Hanks movie? It is not. Oh. It feels like it's that is it that kind of a movie? Kind of. Like a lighthearted I'll kind say of movie like that. Adventure. Adventure movie in the eighties. Adventure movie in the eighties. Uh, kids with kids goonies yep. sloth uh eats famously eats the baby oh, ruth I and never junk gives him a baby ruth and so yeah so what's the other movie the other movie is a sports movie sports starring chevy chase bill murray the golf one yeah caddyshack uh, caddyshack have you seen caddyshack? i've seen caddyshack so the scene is bill murray everyone's in the pool and they think it's uh a turd floating around in the yeah. pool, and it's some kid's baby roof floating around, and Bill Murray comes in, cleans the whole pool, gets everyone out, and it's sitting down there, and everyone's watching him. He picks it up and bites into it, yep. and they're all like horrified. And they, so. they call it a baby roof? Like they, identif- I don't know if they, they ever, identify it as a baby roof? I can't remember if you see the wrapper and it fall in or where it happens. But. Because it does, I guess I've just proven this, it does have a very turd-like uh, profile right. because... You opened this bag a second ago. It, you you brought in a sack of fun-sized Baby Ruths in an opaque bag, and you opened the bag. I opened the bag. And in the mix, after we had grabbed a couple, there was a loose Baby Ruth in the bag, one free of its wrapper. Now, it was kind of a deformed... It wasn't a full fun-sized bar. It was like half of one. Yeah. Like half of one long ways, not half of one short ways. It was so disturbing to me. And I, as you... Took it and threw it in the trash. I think I did call it a turd. I think <laughs> I did use that word automatically to describe it. So it, I guess, it tracks. Right, it's a yeah. good, it's a good joke. I wonder if they tested under other bars like yeah, Snickers, yeah. Watch McCullough. Well, Snickers has a more. I didn't expect this to turn into which candy looks more like poop, but <laughs> we can add it in the episode description. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the top of a Snickers. If you open up a Snickers. And you looked at it from the top. You can't really see the peanuts. It's like a they do that wavy thing on top, don't oh, you're they? You're right. Where a baby Ruth, it is bumpy because the peanut chocolate right. relationship on the top is more conducive that to bumps. Compound chocolate. It's that compound <laughs> chocolate. It's a compound. It's a very poop-like compound. <laughs> it's a poop-like compound. And so, uh, yeah, I guess I so. if I was trying to pick a candy bar that looked the most like Dookie, I would have. Uh, baby Ruth might be it. I'm trying to th- quickly run through because a lot of them have something printed on the top. That would yeah. never work. Your Hershey's, your Kit Kats, your and crunches. like a Twix one side of uh, that's it's too, too uniform. Too yeah. uniform. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Baby Ruth. It's got Three the Musketeers. Right no. Bumpy, shapeless, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Too now weird. a payday. Uh, I think some people's poop does look like that sometimes. Wow. If you eat chocolate, if payday, you eat a maybe. lot of like nuts and uh, don't chew them, <laughs> I could imagine it coming out looking like that. <laughs> Just, just one for your, you know, to think on as you, you comment below. Make sure you <laughs> chew your food. Looks this like is poop. just, I just a public service announcement. Chew yeah. your food. You don't want, um, you know, a payday situation. Yeah, that's all I got on. Uh, it's quite a bit. I was surprised by I a couple things. I think you just things. asked me what do I think, and I was like, oh, here we go. And you were like, I'll tell you what I think. Yeah. I got some, I got some tidbits. Yeah, like you do. I, I knew you would though. I yeah. knew you would have them. So the baby Ruth to me, final verdict on the baby Ruth. Not that anyone's waiting on this, but I think. It's a pretty forgettable candy bar, and I'm actually surprised it still exists. How do you? Th- what do you think? Um, <laughs> it seems replaceable to me. 
Right. It's um, by superior. It, it doesn't seem like it's well stocked on shelves. Right. That's like, why you got the fun size because you didn't see. I the didn't normal. even see it yeah. as an option to grab. So at the checkout. Um. Well, we even asked. Like, I don't know if we were on recording yet, but it was. Um. Do we remember purchasing like yeah, a full size? I'm sure. I, I have no memory of that. I don't think so. No. And if I did, I think I would have wished I had got a Snickers instead after I bit into it. Probably. A Snickers it's is... It's fine. It's not bad. It's just like a Snickers is... They nailed it. You know? It's yeah. Like, it's everything you want. It's pretty good. And this just feels like... It feels like a like an off-brand Snickers. Like if you... Like if you... This was my childhood. Like sure. I wanted Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. But that's name brand. We had to get the bags, the generic bag cereal at the end of the aisle. And so we always had honey nut oats or something or honey oat. it was like some it was not right. quite honey nut cheerios and they didn't it tasted just enough different that it was like you felt sad when you're eating it just a little bit yeah this is kind of like that yeah you gotta be <laughs> it's, careful it's like a sad snickers <laughs> sad. i can see that sad yeah, snickers. Yeah, yeah. i mean if your number one claim to fame is you look like a turd <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe true. you're not the best candy i would like it. to see their sales figures maybe it goes right up to caddyshack steady climb and then and then a precipitous drop maybe, maybe that's why they paid the hundred grand to get it in goonies like we gotta boost the goonies come out after caddyshack i think so yeah we got we had to get themselves back on back on the map yeah back on the map so interesting baby ruth I don't yeah. know if we're telling you to go get one or no, 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 I don't think so. But if it's not bad, like if you're if you if you get Halloween candy, your kids are coming home with Halloween candy. Yeah, it'll be it might be in the mix because it might be in the variety yeah. pack somebody bought to hand out, and it's not bad. It's not it's not like that's. Oh, gross. I would I trade uh, if we're talking Halloween candy swap. Yeah. You know, you dump your your uh, your loot <laughs> in the middle. Uh, I would take this over a Three Musketeers. That is that is an extreme. But I'm also stance. I'm also not a fan. I don't of think you appreciate how extremist Three Musketeers is glorious. I know some people love them. I do love them. So I am not that person. It's light. It's airy. You're like living on a cloud. Can't do it. Wow. It's literary. I couldn't. I gave them away almost. <laughs> you gave but, them unless away. someone was dumb enough to trade me for them. <laughs> then I was like, oh sure, I'll take. It. I'll wow. take it. You just okay. Learn something hot take. About hot you right take on the three. Ooh. Babe. Wasn't What's there a Three Musketeers movie? <laughs> Three Musketeers. Yeah, careful. We might end up Chris watching. Chris O'Donnell. Okay. We might end up watching. Yeah. Got to be careful what we mention here. Okay. Um, Babe, Pig in the City. Yeah, how do you Directed do by George Miller in 1998. Now, COVID, again, yeah. I feel like I should say he wrote and produced the first one. So it's not like he was unassociated with the first one and they brought no. him in to direct the second one. He was intimately involved right. in the first and one. I think there was a lot of hands wasn't involved the director. in the script. Sure. Got a His train going by, if you can hear that. Um, moment, it'll it'll be passed in, in 30 seconds. Sorry. It's part of the charm of the show. It is part of the charm of the show. That Summer 6 evening, a.m. Train, train going by. <laughs> you always make this joke that <laughs> we're doing this at 6 a.m., but everyone understands that podcasts don't work that way. It's not a live show. <laughs> I know. Well, it's the same joke the late-night talk shows have, because you feel true. like it's, it's they're recording in the afternoon. But That's true. It's funny. All right. Um, yeah, how do you want it? You want to ba- things we like, things we didn't like. Let's start by just setting up because I assume a lot of people saw Babe, and maybe a lot of people like me didn't see Babe Pig in the City. I this was the first time I'd ever okay. seen it. You had seen it before, correct? But um, let's just set up where we're at here. So, can you do you remember it all? Like in, in the most general terms, like what happens in Babe, the first movie? 
Because um, this one kind of picks up right where it leaves off. True. Yeah, here's, it's a handoff. Here's my best attempt of if someone just said, hey, what's Babe about? Yeah, that's all I want. Um, so it's Talking Pig. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so the, I think Babe opens at like a fair, and Farmer Hoggett raises um, – He's raising pigs to compete and champion of like which pig like can weigh the most and it's how old. And I think <clears throat> he goes and competes. Now at that point, I think he has, you see like babe either being born and then like separated from his mother. Oh, and I actually even think even like more tragic is you see like his mother being taken away and this idea of like some of these animals are going to be butchered, slaughtered. Yeah, yeah, right. And so it's anchored in a lot of like horrific things, especially when you're on like the side of the pig there, you know, the little cute pig. Right. And so, um, and then after that, I don't know if he wins or whatever. That's one of the things farmer hog is trying to do. And babe is kind of, he's separated from his mother or his family. And he's brought in with all the other farm animals. A lot of that we see at the beginning of babe pig in the city. A lot of these, characters yeah. from yeah, the, the other cats, one right the dogs the horse yeah the, the and sheep, uh, yeah. ferdinand who the duck yep. yeah the duck and um and then from there i think he's just like you know the trying to fit in kind of a right, deal right. fish out of and water he, and he you know and slowly farmer hoggett takes a liking to him because he was like gonna butcher him i can't bring himself to do it keeps the pig around the pig does you know some some you know i don't know what he does some nice things he gets into a lot of like mishaps too i think he sneaks into the house at one point and knocks knocks a paint can he's got a cute little voice very cute little voice and um then he like for whatever reason like the the sheep dogs really that becomes like his new mother or whatever one of the dogs and then um he starts to think he's sheepdog <laughs> right right and then you know long story short farmer hoggett recognizes babe's really good at helping him herd yeah. sheep yeah and then enters him into this contest or he helps and yeah of course he a win- sheep herding contest yeah he right. wins the day and uh and that so that's that's the first like the one. triumphant ending of the so triumphant and he ending, says he says uh his famous line the famous line that'll oh, do pig that'll do pig sorry and Probably then um one. and that so that movie 95 was up for best picture yeah. Best director. I don't. I'd have to look to see if like George Miller was up for best screenplay. Farmer Hoggett. Uh, James Cromwell. James Cromwell was up for best supporting actor. So it got a lot of art direction and stuff. I think it was like yeah. the Academy took notice. Like this is. And you have famously said. Some. I think on the podcast. Before, sure, I'll say it again if I need that, to. That you think Babe sh- it should have won Best Picture in 1995. Right. When we looked at the other movies that were nominated, I think. Yeah, I think I would I would pick Babe. You if you were vo- if you're a voting could, member of the right, Academy, yeah. you would have voted for Babe. I can't say if I'm making my top ten, that would be one because there's probably some other movies I'm not thinking about. But just but based on who was nominated, based on what was nominated. Yeah. Now I that's a bold claim because Babe, Brave, the Braveheart won, and that is your first rate bloodbath of epic execution. <laughs> first rate bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> And it screams like, and it's good. It's fine, but yeah, it's the kind of big, big epic drama right. you would expect. Right. I think that you know sometimes they say the win was the nomination, and and maybe that's true. Like of I th- Babe, yeah. I think people would have been yeah shocked. Right. Had that one, um, and so yeah. So Babe, Pig in the City, which Correct. is the sequel, three years later, now yep. directed by George Miller, but also written or co-written with George Miller and someone else, and he's his production company also produced it. 
Three years later, this movie comes out. Now it picks up right where the first one leaves off. Like the opening scene is like this welcome parade coming back to the farm. Yeah. Like we're coming back from our big success at this uh, shepherding competition, whatever it was. They're celebrating. It's a pretty triumphant big scene. And then there's kind of a quick montage of like life on the farm and the narrator's telling you all about how things are going. And pretty quickly, I love the narrator. Farmer Hoggett gets injured he like he's he's working on the water pump in the well yeah and he's like down in the well and then uh babe runs up to kind of check things out and just by kind of peering over he knocks something loose and this falls and that falls anyway a big heavy like board or series of boards falls down clunks farmer hog it in the head and then he's laid up and then at the same time like these bankers come these like men in suits come to the farm right uh, and Mrs. Hoggett is confronted, and they're like, we need money, we're going to take the farm, essentially, is the situation. So that's kind of the uh, inciting incident, is they need money or they're going to lose the farm. Correct. And so she she you know shuffles through a bunch of papers in a panic because she appears to remember something that might work. Right. And she remembers that they got some kind of letter about Hey, let your pig be featured in this fair. Something, something, something. Get um, some money. There'll be a, a generous, whatever you know, fee, participation fee or something. Cover your expenses, whatever. So she's like, "Oh, this will save the farm." They load up. Uh, she loads up, babe. We're gonna take take him to the big city, get some money for <laughs> yep. the farm, and then of course everything goes goes haywire. Things right. fall through, plans change, things are missed, and all and they're just trapped in the city. And babe has to like. He gets separated from Mrs. Ogden. They got to kind of find yeah. a way back to each other, find the way home. He's like solving other people's problems on the way. Yeah, a lot of other a, and new animals are introduced. He's lots, away from the farm. Lots of new animals. Lots of characters. Lots Some of characters. interesting. <laughs> That's Babe Pig in the City. So yeah. it's pretty. It's pretty cartoony, but I, that's kind of the tone of Babe too. Like it's it's kind of like a right. live action cartoon. The other thing we I guess we didn't really mention about Babe, if you haven't seen either of these movies, is this is a talking animals movie. <laughs> we should probably mention that. Well, and it's a specific. I just mean it's. Yeah, if no, you're trying I agree. to picture what the movie's like, it's like a lot of animals talking to each other. Real it's not animals. Like, I jotted this note down to myself. Yeah, real animals, not like CGI animals. Right. They might have CGI mouths because this is something worth noting. Yeah, I don't, is that yeah. they're doing. For most of the animals, they're doing like a a CGI mouth whenever they talk so that there's like lips moving while they're saying human words. So it looks like they're talking. Which is different from, say, the homeward bound approach where you just have dogs whose mouths don't move and a cat whose mouth doesn't move. So you just get Michael J. Fox's voice thinking thinking out out of a dog and they can hear each other. Sure. You get Sally Field thinking her thoughts from the cat right but this is like little cgi mouths oh yeah they're talking and some of them look good and some of them don't you know it's I agree just with that it's statement. just you know sign of the times we're talking 1998 so some of them um some of them look you know pretty flawless or close enough and others i think i think babe usually looks fine like babe is which makes sense he's like the main yeah. Character he's talking the most probably of anyone on screen, and he's his. They got his look figured out. Others, it looks yeah. more like a superimposed CGI mouth kind. Yeah, of I think if you kind of let right yourself get caught up in the movie, you're not worried. You're not thinking about it too much. But if yeah. you're looking, 
Sure. If that's just, what you, if your mission is to catch an animal, not it's looking just like worth it's noting talking. if you're yeah. thinking about jumping into these, just to know what kind of movie you're getting. It is. It's, this is a, it's a talking animal movie. That's like one of the main special effects used throughout the movie. Right. And the human characters cannot hear the animals Correct. talk. That is, this is like a note. fundamental rule of this universe. Yes. All the animals can understand each other no matter what species they are. But true. Humans cannot understand the animals can't understand the animals so they're having they're having detailed conversations all (laughs) kinds of characters and levels of fluency and literacy and i i will Um, say for a lot of people that alone is is a there's two things that i think happens to most moviegoers one is you immediately think this is a kid's movie and i think it definitely kids can watch this it's rated g it's g for sure but it also, I feel, as we'll get into this, I feel like as an adult, you can also enjoy this movie as well. And I think some people are like, I can't watch Talking Animals. <laughs> and, you know, and you're like, that yeah. is just too, it's too silly. I sympathize with it's that person. Too, right, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. too goofy. And, um, and sometimes, and I will say, I've seen other movies that have that as that's, that's what we're getting in another Talking Animal. And I've seen them and I'm like, that does not appeal to me. Yeah. Um, so, but somehow this movie, uh, and I give a lot of credit again to the first one, did such a great job that I was like eager to to seek this one out. And uh, yeah, and so yeah. Tonally, the other comparison I was thinking of is I don't know if you saw this movie, but um, there was a series of like young adult books, the like Lemony Snicket series of unfortunate events. I, I didn't read or see it, and but I think I they made about. the first movie with Jim Carrey. And it looks like the art style and the kinds of kookiness and characters. It's very similar to Babe 2. So if you've seen that movie and kind of get it tonally, I think you kind of get Because it's worth noting that as I described the plot of Babe Pig in the City, I didn't say they load up the the babe and they fly to New York City. It's It's like a weird amalgamation of all possible cities it's right. like a cartoon city they yeah. go to and it's it like has a hollywood this... sign in the background at one point right and the yeah. statue of liberty and the golden yeah. gate bridge and the space needle and i like, like that the, the eiffel tower right it's all in one place so yeah. it's like we live in this idealized perfect farm and we're traveling to this like idealized Perfect you pick the city, city. right? Yeah. It does, it's like a, it could be everything. It's right. everything and nothing at the same time. But it's, it's very, big... and we'll get into the things we liked about. But it's, and you already mentioned the narrator. It's and I, I'm assuming the first one was based on a book. Maybe I have no idea. But this, it feels such like a storybook, like That's a true. big flip book. You know, kind of like yeah. cardboard, next page kind of a deal. <laughs> right. Here's the animation. Here's. And the characters, I feel like the way the costume and the design of that stuff, they feel like they're not <clears throat> like they're not trying to be like real people. They're like No, not at all. And so it's like Dr. Seuss characters on Correct. Or yes. like something something a little yeah. pushed and eccentric. Exactly. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Seuss, that's another good reference right, point right. of these characters like over the top or exaggerated, but uh and I think that wor- I think that for me worked. So Cool. Okay, so what do you want to get into things we liked? Yeah. Things that were like... Can we maybe... start with this narrator? Because we, yeah, both, we both, I think, like the narrator. Yeah, I think we do. So he comes and goes throughout the movie. It's like just a voiceover, and it's not a character in the movie. It's just no. this kind of deep-voiced narrator who opens. He's mostly there for a long time at the beginning. I think he comes and goes at a few smaller points throughout the movie, then comes back at the end shortly, too. Yeah. 
Um, it's a nice, I think you're right. The main thing it adds is that storybook quality. Right. It also kind of sums things up at the beginning, but so many great lines. I jotted down a couple of things. Like at the beginning, there's this, <laughs> says something like, um, those who dismissed you as a pork chop now clamor to be in your presence. Oh, right? yeah. He's like talking about babe and like how his whole life is turned around and just kind of describing him this hero's entrance back yeah. into the, the, the farm. Lots of funny things like that. Um, at the end, he describes the farm as like just a little to the left of the 20th century. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's a good description of what we just said. Like, it's kind of, it's like representative of a world ish, but it's not our world. It's like, no, it's a slanted story. But I like the world. world. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I like this that world. little to the left of the 20th century. It's almost like that's what they decided when they're planning the movie. Like that's the time we're in a little to the left. Um, so lots, lots of good, um, you know. Kind of weighty. It adds a lot of gravitas, I feel yeah. like, to an otherwise simple, what you might mistake for a really simple story. And I think that you mentioned this when you were explaining like the premise of the movie. <clears throat> Pretty early on, the narrator contributes to what I think is one of the key scenes in the movie, and that's the injury of Farmer Hoggett. Oh, the right. narrator runs through this, if only, premise. Yeah, there's a good little... And walks you through, like, had... You know, Babe does this one thing, which leads to ultimately Farmer Hogg being injured. You know, yeah, and right, through, right. but this and that if series only of idea, happenstance, right? And yeah. all throughout this movie, there's so many other like without the narrator having to because at that that would have been overkill for the narrator right. to come back in and tell you again. There's all these other if only moments, right. like these other mishaps, right? <laughs> Action sequences, if you will. Yeah, you know, all right. throughout the movie. This is the director of Mad Max we're talking. Right. About. So I did. Yeah. I, I I don't think I was aware of that connection at all when I right. first right. saw this. Right. And now after having talked about it, I do feel like I was watching it with some new eyes. Yeah, going, there's like, so many. Like, we <laughs> talked last week. I mean, I might as well get into it because it's sure. my next several notes. Like okay. Uh, we talked last week trying to describe we were rattling off directors we whose styles were really kind of iconic or stood out stylish in the way Wes Anderson you know had his own style and I was talking about George Miller yeah. like trying to describe what his style was things that and I I said at the time like I was really going to focus on Mad Max because that's the George Miller I was talking about but it turns out I could have roped Big yeah. Pig in the City into that conversation because there's a lot of similar moves there's a lot of similar like filming techniques and visual choices that it yeah. feels like reminiscent there's things we called out about mad max were like that kind of frenetic kind of skipping forward fast forward kind of feeling of some of the action sequences to give them this kind of unnatural speed yeah that's happening in babe uh, i jotted down a couple examples i also talked about like this kind of flickering almost like subliminal message kind of flashing of other images amidst the thing you're watching in the present that happens in Bay pig in the city. Yeah. And then also like, he's just an action director, right? So there's a lot of moving camera. There's a lot of really trying to capture the choreography of the scene and like the visual spectacle. And you can't watch like Mad Max Fury road without just appreciating like the gymnastic quality of Correct. like, all these people swinging between cars and the timing of everything. It's like a ballet. Yeah. Little Thunderdome moment with uh, Mrs. Hoggett at the <laughs> there's, end. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that in in a Babe Pig in the City, it yeah. turns out. So I was kind of shocked and then and then sort of was feeling like, yeah, of course. You know, if you're a director and you're working out like things you like and you have certain things you like, 
or ways you can bring something to life. Right. Like it makes sense that that would follow you between these different genres. Yeah. And you know, you would, you would use some of those tools that you figured out, or maybe babe is what's helping him figure out or master some things that then end up in Mad Max Fury Road. Funny enough, you know, right. um, cause when they do like the with farmer Hoggett down to the well and the thing falling, that whole sequence as the narrator is doing what you're saying, yeah. he's doing like, uh, you know, if only this, if only that, that's all doing that fast forward frenetic movement thing. Yep. And so it's like, it kind of has the feeling of montage. Like you don't need to see farmer hog get injured right. in real time because we're just, this is just to set up the story, right. but it also has that speedy action feeling. It happens. There's several little chase scenes in the movie, like this animal chasing that animal. And they also do that kind of sped up action and yep. those, um, some slow motion sequences that are very similar. Um, there's one where Babe is like running down a street and then like it's parts of his past. And I don't know if it's from the first movie or like flicker, yeah. flicker into the, into the scene and then back. So it's that same kind of flashing, uh, Knight Rider chase sequence from the first Mad Max somehow, somehow right. it's the same trick. And I would say, I don't know, like the, like I mentioned the characters too. I yeah. feel like some of those Mad Max characters are, could, are, so, could be qualities of some of these characters. Like they're sort of sure. like from a different, time a different place a different world like yeah. i don't know yeah like you're odd enough you know like especially i'm thinking of the guy that kind of was like working with the uh the monkeys or whatever like a very yeah. odd yeah mickey rooney mickey character. rooney's character yeah very like kind of creepy yeah fugly i think yeah is his name. disturbing kind very of, disturbing when he first entered the scene i'm like this guy's scary kind of like yeah and uh and then just takes babe right away but that leads to of course Another, if only babes pokes his head, you know, brings his yeah. whole. You're right. He thing comes down. in, Fugly comes in. He's got a little of the clown makeup yeah. still on his face, and he looks kind of like a crazy person right. with like this, like a white paint around his face. Right. And then you cut ahead to Mad Max Fury Road in 2015. Little the villain of. Uh, and they're like spraying spray paint on their yeah. mouths and, and driving into combat. It's yeah. like, is this just something George right. Miller likes as a visual right. thing? Like, just these crazy. But yeah. you're right. Like, the craziness of the characters. And if you think of the old Mad Max movies, they're looking at Road Warrior or Thunderdome, like full of kooky characters, whether it's like Lord Humongous or whatever right, in, yeah. in Road Warrior and, and you know, all the different the wild child or the other the other yeah. like they're all kind of just they're bizarre each in their own way, but they fit into this world that's right. kind of a hodgepodge of yeah. crazy things. And yeah. that's the same here. So yeah. I, I think that's true and script this, wise. Um one of the things I loved about the first one was like the production design, the set. And I think I equal I like how they handled the set in the city. It's very like we're in the big city, but in this small, really focused, you're in like this little hotel and I love the like the water canal outside and the bridge. Yeah. It's very charming and appealing. Um and so I love the design of this one too. And then um you <clears throat> were sort of mentioning this too, and this kind of goes back a little bit to the narrator, but Another point I like about this this movie and the first one, and I feel like where Babe like kind of hits a little different than some like throwaway like kid movies, is I think there's definitely some scenes that sort of poke you a little bit, like make you think about yourself or about life yeah. a little bit. And yeah, it yeah, starts yeah. kind of with the if only. Sure. Because you're sort of like, you know, you take a left turn instead of, you know, this idea of, whatever's in front of you, like if only you would have done whatever it is. And you can, 
but you can only you can't keep asking that question forever you got to kind of move on and so it leads to like this accident and it's kind of brief and fleeting but the narrator sort of like plug that in your brain a little bit and then um yeah there are a few i yeah i agree there's some moments that hit me a little bit like oh there's something thoughtful like creeping through this scene and it's there for the you don't have to take it but it's there for the taking yeah you know that kind of a feeling where it's like you can enjoy this movie without you can enjoy this movie as a as as a pig running around the city getting into (laughs) hijinks and getting out of curious george yeah you can and that's fine but there's also like there are some like there's there's a scene kind of getting in the last act of the movie when things are looking kind of are looking kind of dark and they're like you know babe has to decide to like buck up and go you know rescue these other animals or find Mrs. Hoggett and i think one of the other one of the other animals says to him like face it you're just a pig in the big city like says the line of the title like face it you're just a pig in the big city what can you do what can anyone do why even try oh yeah (laughs) there's a moment where i'm like that is how that is how life (laughs) like he's giving this dumb speech to the pig i'm like yeah i feel that (laughs) you know like that's that's a that's a that's an adult feeling like what can anyone do because it's a pretty chaotic movie like like you're saying there's like crazy characters and kooky situations and it, it moves pretty fast it's kind of a ripping a ripping movie and it does feel like you know if you're trying to capture the chaos of i came from a farm and now i'm in the big city like mission accomplished like there's so yeah. much going on mrs hoggett like goes around a corner and it's full of like bikers and cops and oh, swimsuit yeah, models is, yeah and like everyone from the back set of a movie studio or something all in one corner right it's just chaotic and overwhelming right and you she feels really small amidst all that stuff of course. and of course that's babe's kind of experience too yeah. now among this new like menagerie of right animals <laughs> that aren't farm animals were there any of the other animal characters introduced that you felt like oh that that's a pretty good character there are a lot of good characters but i i they're all weird. Like all the the very chimps, strange. the chimps are very strange to me. <laughs> it's almost like a little Simpsons family of chimps. Right. They kind of stumbles into, and they're all wearing clothes, of course, and they, but they have just a weird. It's like they stepped onto the set of like a sitcom or something starring all chimps. <laughs> right. Well, like it seemed like in. they. I guess they were maybe groomed by this guy because yeah. he has like doing the dinner scene. You know, like everything is right. like he's been training them right. to be these like they're circus people performers, right? Because right. you don't know all, you don't know every animal's yeah. story. Most seem like strays, runaways, right? Other than that, <laughs> no, no. right? And but they all have um, very specific voices, like you're saying. Oh like yeah, they have like very strong accents. Like yeah. they took like character actors for each of these, yeah. and really let them like you know do the voice, like whatever you think this guy's right. voice is, like. Right. It's, uh, um, it's wild. And then, the, well, there's the one, uh, two, the orangutan. Um, yeah. Th- Thelonious. Thelonious, yeah. And he, th- I mean, throughout the whole movie, it seems like he's sort of the one, like, standing, like, he, he's... He's wise or he's, something. He's just very wise and kind of watching everything that's going on. Yeah. And while all the other animals seem like they're caught up on, like, Hey, we'll just if you can help us get food, we'll we'll follow you kind of right, a deal. Right, right. Or they're just like, We'll go with babe, whatever. Right. Um he seems like the whole the entire movie he's trying to win Thelonious's approval. You know, yeah, like yeah. finally, which he did you know. Right, right. Thank the pig. Can we spoil this in nineteen ninety eight? Thank so. the pig, yeah. I mean that's uh, kind of this odd you know, like 
he's give, give credit to where credit's due kind of at the end there. So. I mean, he's kind of, he's doing, I know Farmer Hoggett gets to say uh, that'll do pig again yeah. at the end of the movie, but it, it kind of serves the same role. Like Babe is waiting for the farmer's approval in the first movie and yeah. he gets it. And that's a big, it's a big line right. at the end. And this is kind of similar. They set up Thelonious to kind of give him the final nod of approval yeah. in the final, the big final Don't number. Thank me. Yeah. Thank the pig. And that was set up. There's a lot of, here's another thing that's yeah, great about this up. movie. A lot of things are set up. It's yeah. a smartly plotted movie. Yeah. Like there's like, that's like, right. They do an earlier scene where the, this like bull terrier makes all the animals say, thank that he's like, it's like a God, pig. a Godfather yeah. scene. It's very weird. After a babe saves his life. Yeah. Which is uh, a big moment in the so movie. They, so they say, thank the pig. So that gets, that's the callback at right. the end. And then like, even like something dumb, like, uh, when Mrs. Hoggett is on the plane going to the city at the beginning, and she's she's like attentively listening to the instructions of the flight attendant oh, about right. putting the the life vest on, and she, to the point where she even pulls down the ripcord and inflates it in her seat, and it's a gag, you know, yeah. she's choking. Huh? She shouldn't have done that. And then at the end of the movie, there's a, the big pull tab on her clown suit oh, that yeah. gets pulled, and she inflates it. So it's like little things. Like you didn't you didn't have to foreshadow that. It would have been fine either right. way. But there's these nice little like. Oh, you've been paying attention. Like, here's a little payoff. Here's a little thing that we kind of, we got simmering a long time ago, and now we're kind of calling back to to paying off. Yeah. It's like just a nice thematic or symbolic layers that just help the movie feel knitted together. Yeah. Really nicely. Again, they're not crucial to anything, but it's just it just makes it feel a little more intentional, a little more like. Yeah. We put a lot of thought into this, and yeah. it, it kind of resonates with itself, right. and um, it's cool. It helps it feel like a nice contained story. I um, agree. Those little little moments. Um, I was checking my notes for other other George Miller things while we teed that up. The other move I noticed was like the pushing in of the camera, like this like kind of quick zoom straight in on somebody. I think it happens to Farmer Hogg at the beginning of the movie. It happens to Thelonious later, so it's almost like they're kind of tying those two okay. together. Um, there's a scene where that, that bull terrier comes up and is trying to say, like, babe is in charge now or whatever. And they and Thelonious is up on the balcony. Oh, and right. And they do, like, a push up. He's like, they, the camera looks up, up, and then it pushes up toward him. And then I know. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's, that's a little George Miller uh, coming through that kind of feels like that kind of rushing, zooming in on Max's face or right. something. Oh, yeah. And, in uh mad max so that stuff was really really fun to see and then we already kind of mentioned this final number where thelonious thanks him at the end but the big the big final action scene is it's a bizarre scene they're in a they're in a ballroom kind of or like a reception or wedding or something i think so and it's like a circular room. You said the Thunderdome earlier. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big circular, <laughs> it's a Thunderdome. circular arena kind of with balconies. And for whatever reason, if you see the movie, you, you, it'll explain itself. But Mrs. Hoggett is in this clown suit at the end of this right. kooky, elastic band, strappy costume. And somehow she gets attached to a curtain or a rope or something. Yeah, I think she attaches herself. Yeah, because she's trying to... All the animals are like running through on the ground. It's chaos of this fancy party, black tie affair. And for some reason, it's it's almost... it's. It's kind of it breaches. I mean, the whole movie is surreal, but it, like this scene is like especially surreal because all these animals kind of burst into this party, and all the people all of a sudden are like out to get them. It's like a strange scene. Like this, like the, no one really has a motivation to want to hurt these animals in this scene, but they all do. 
They all hate the animals. They think they're disgusting. They want to get rid of them. Like right. it's well, I think it's like bothersome to the whole event. Sure, you but know, they're like, like this but is it's, ruining. It's a little malicious. But there's a point where it's like she's fighting so hard just to get her hands on the pig, and it's like just let her have the pig. Let right. her. Leave. She could walk out of there. But right. no, they're all like they're fighting for the pig as if right. it's like a contest. So it gets. It's like it's bizarre. It's, it is a little bizarre. But she's up on the rafter. She ties herself down, and then she starts like bunging across, like these yeah. big leaping jumps, it's bouncing down, bouncing up, grabbing onto the edge, mm-hmm. bouncing down, yeah. and then. These like other guys in suits, other party attendants or ushers, they jump up and they tie themselves right. up, and so people are bungee jumping up and down. It's like a American Gladiators sport, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like we're on the bungee things trying to get up and shoot a basket or something. But it's the movement of it. I was watching. I'm like, and I, you mentioned Thunderdome. That's a good comparison because oh, I was yeah. like, this reminds me of a movement in the Mad Max, yeah. and what it reminded me of that big kind of swooping bounciness is in Fury Road. And I pulled up this clip afterward just to confirm. But like when they're driving with like two or three trucks kind of side by side and there's the people on the long, the long poles, like kind of bouncing in oh, and out right. against the truck, like that big kind of swooping gymnastic bounciness of them, like kind of riding on those poles and dropping their bombs or whatever. It's that same kind of like, let me pull back and let me show you this big aerial gymnastic stunt thing we're doing. Right. Just like in this room, let's pull back. So these big jumping things. So it's like, yeah, George Miller, like you like, and this is, you you practiced in Babe Big in the City <laughs> to nail it. And to nail Mad it, Max Fury Road. And I don't think that's a stretch. Like, I think it's no. like these, these pieces, these pieces are there. Right. Which is kind of fun, I will say. Yeah. When you see a, a certain director... Uh, do something an entirely different genre but still bring in their style i guess yeah that was fun because we've mentioned that about like ang lee in the past where he's another director who who works in many has worked in many genres and i guess we didn't watch things side by side to confirm but our hunch was like these movies all feel pretty different like they look and feel different and it just shows his skill like he can he can do these different right. kinds of movies in different genres, but yeah. it's interesting. It's uh, in this case, it seems like the stylistic elements yeah. maybe are are pushing through, or maybe right. irresistible. So, um, is there like are there things about this movie that you didn't like? Uh, there I have some questions. I don't know if I don't know if didn't like is the right, but right. there are things that are like, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if that's a good idea. Here's an example of one that okay. I'm pretty sure is a dislike. Okay. There's a long sequence in the, I don't know, about two thirds of the way in, where uh, you establish there's this hotel full of animals, right? Right. And like this nosy neighbor calls and has like these animal control type people bust in and start rounding up all the animals. Right. And while all the animals are getting rounded up, they're getting like these little like like noose like things around their necks and nets thrown over them, dragged out to the paddy wagon. Yo. They're playing. What I'm pretty sure is like the whistle flute music from Titanic. <laughs> you know, so, and Titanic came out the year before. Oh. So I'm like, you know, and it's a really effective and emotional and everyone can kinda of, you can kind of think and whistle to yourself that Titanic song that like plays when things get really heartfelt and you know. I didn't, is it I didn't my heart pick up go, on it. I don't know if it's my heart will go on. Is it, it that was the that big song. Or the version of the song? Yeah. But anyway, I'm like, yeah, they probably saw Titanic in the year leading up to this movie. And they're like, oh, we have our big emotional supposed to be sad scene of these animals are getting rounded up. And it's that very similar, like, kind of Irish-ish folk whistle flute right. music that's very, it's, 
I swear it's directly inspired by we'll Titanic. We'll check it's it out. so close. So that moment, I was like, th- that feels like a marker of the times, like the very immediate times to that right. movie. And I'm like, I, do- I doubt they would do that if Titanic wasn't such a big deal the year before. Right. Is Which guess. is, you know, as Titanic's coming out, you know, and that's probably was a, obviously we're talking about the music, a, a post-production thing. So maybe, you know, could have been. Could have been. been. I think. Been. I think reasonable. Reasonable right. that that's that's an inside inside thing. Um, you have anything? I got some other questions I can ask. I have um, some, some wonderings. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I feel much of any any of my you know uh, critis- criticisms or gripes or kind of. Yeah, they're they're not big, really. Uh, you know, I'm even struggling to think of what would I say that I didn't like specifically like. Um, I feel like there's so much is forgiven because of the things I I do like, and you like this character so much, and I like the storybook quality, and you're kind of like going into this world where, you know, I guess if you ask, and I'll be curious to see what some of your questions are, like the more I think about it, like you were just pointing out the ending, which I didn't even really think about. I was just, oh, this is just the story. Like, why are they all just grabbing the pig? Why not just give her the pig? Like, what's... (laughs) You want these animals gone. She obviously wants to take one of them. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. I mean, I took it to be like the movie is... That's where the movie is really trying to lay a message on thick. Like, among the people trying to grab the pig are, like, people in, like, these cartoon chef outfits. Right. And as to get to this ballroom, they had to run through the kitchen with a bunch of hanging meats. Yep. So I think there's, like, an animal... There's an animal rights message to this movie for sure. I think so. And I think that's part of it. In this final scene, there's just these she- these like cartoon chefs grabbing right, the pig, yeah. and she's trying to save the pig. And does it really make sense that that chef would be motivated to get in on this this brawl? Right. Not really, but all of a sudden, it's like there are people who see these animals as food or as a nuisance or as monstrous, and there are people like the farmers right. who think of these animals as like deserving of respect and as people, you know, more or less. Right. And so. Um, I think that's that's being pushed there at the end, and maybe that the silliness and the over the topness of the scene just helps underline that. I mean, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, it still is weird, but that's, yeah. that's what started coming to me as I was watching it. Yeah. It is. Now I will say, like I, I do like the first one clearly better than sure. this one. Yeah. Um, but I. It's noted. I think the first one should be the best picture. <laughs> That's right. So you've, you've gone out on a limb. I went way out still on a there. limb. And this one, I I feel like if I did, we were sort of kicking around other movies that came out in 1998. Um, I I think Babe Pig in the City could land on my top ten. You know, like sure. kind of like Didn't it you has say a Gene shot. Siskel loved it. Was Gene that? Siskel deemed this his favorite movie of 1998. <laughs> there you go. Now, I did go back <laughs> and I and watch um, Siskel and Ebert's review of, of this Bay Pig in the City. Oh, yeah, okay. and they both loved it. Oh, great! Uh, I don't know if I didn't look at Roger Ebert. That makes list, sense to me. But they really kind of spoke to it and really enjoyed it. Um, and obviously, that's that's a huge like Gene. I can't imagine any other film critic would have taken it that far. <laughs> Babe Pig in the, the City, movie of the year. right? Yeah, which I do. It's one of the reasons I do like both those guys, but specifically Gene Siskel. Sometimes I feel like would go go there with like his yeah, top pick or something. It. Yeah, right, right. And so um, it it it's good. It's fun. I you know can you see this without the first one? I wondered that. 
kind of maybe i wondered if there's some references i wasn't getting that that let me throw one at you i don't know if you remember the first one very well i don't but there's two scenes in the movie where they get like mysteriously or unreasonably helped by a human for the only because the human has a pig-like nose. Oh. The janitor at the beginning in the airport and this yeah. judge later on in the movie. It's like, oh, he's sympathetic to this pig story because, and then they've pulled the camera up. He's got a little pig snout for a nose. I'm like, is this like a thing in the, the first, first movie? Because it's dumb. <laughs> like it's, yeah. And for a movie that's obviously silly, it right. feels especially silly. It's like, yeah. huh, what? He just has a pig nose? I think, yeah, I think you could have done that <laughs> and not. And just let it go, like the mysterious person helps. Right. Yeah. The narrator swoops right, in and yeah. kind of explains, yeah. uh, like, oh, and that's why. It was a little. This, the, one of the the one at the airport, I kind of chuckled at a little bit. Cause was, so, the, to your memory, not in the first movie. Not at that all. I remember. There's no. not some as much as I like it and have point. seen it, you know, a handful yeah. of times. I, I don't recall. And you want to give it best picture in 1995. You can't recall every second of, <laughs> I of <can't>. Babe. <laughs> <laughs> Nor can I have any other movie. <laughs> another thing. Toy Story, maybe. I know this is another sort of gut take from me. I don't yeah. like, and I know he's a character in the first movie, so I guess this is a comment by extension about the first movie. I don't like that duck. I don't Ooh. like I don't like Ferdinand. And here's what I don't like. Here. I don't like, I don't. we don't need curly of the three stooges in every movie. And he's, he's, he's doing a curly. He's doing okay. Jabberjaw and Jabberjaw is doing yep. curly. Gotcha. And he's just, I'm like, why? I don't understand. He wasn't that funny. It's funny. And maybe he's for the kids. Maybe he's, maybe he's like wacky, but he was like kind of unnecessary to the whole movie. And he, but they made him into like a character. Like we need to, we yeah. really need to force the duck into more scenes. Yeah. And I'm like, he has nothing to do with what's going on. You know what Gene Siskel said? He loves the duck. He wanted more duck. <laughs> he wanted more Ferdinand. He did not. I, for me, I, 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 I'm fine with Ferdinand. I, I do see, like, if anything, it seemed like maybe they should have... We knew he was on his way. But had he served a little bit more of a purpose, yeah, that would have been helpful. Like, if he... You know, when he kind of crashes in, they just all kind of get arrested <laughs> right that's what i right it has and he no sort of kind of just is another one of the just game to like yeah to get him into the movie again almost. right and so. of the animals on the farm it wasn't like you know he was driving the truck into town and they're all with him um yeah kind of a situation so um, yeah so maybe it is just maybe he was a popular character from the first movie and it's just like let's get him in the let's get him in the movie right maybe yeah. and it doesn't really right need to be there but he's just there i don't know that he i was this is a little like i get i think with from babe like the it might help a little bit because it's like someone from home maybe this right. is this final thing i don't know i'm, uh, I'm grabbing at straws here all right another thing and this isn't a problem so much as like an open question because this movie's rated g presumably for all audiences show it to your kids you shouldn't worry it's rated g couldn't be G. more family friendly. Oh, you're finding a non-G moment? Well, I feel like when you drown a dog hanging upside down from Almost. a bridge. Right, he didn't die. But like he looked pretty he looked like he was he was hanging there underwater for a long time. Like I you know, you could It's uncomfortable. Re- it's it's like, can we do that? Like I was looking, I feel like I like looked over at Kelsey. I was like, can we do this? Like this right. is pretty horrible. This is like really, really intense. Yeah. His dog is that's, like. I think that's that's a pretty big scene in the movie, and again, kind of goes back to like, Babe is certainly being chased by this pit bull or whatever it is, yeah. 
And the scene Dave's explaining is they're they're running over the bridge, and the dog gets knocks Babe into the water and is preparing to like jump on him, and gets hung up. On, yeah, because he has his chain still from his collar. From his chain, and so now the dog is hanging by its foot from the bridge, but just enough of his head is di- in the water. Well, he's hanging from a chain, I think, from the bridge, such that his oh, head and, is and underwater. His like his so whole body's like out of the water, his head's in the water. Choking. And he's just drowning. hanging from this bridge right. to the point where he stops moving. Right. And Babe And then Babe rescues returns. him. Like, after it's been a little too long, Babe goes right. and rescues him, and he's fine. And but it's fine. like, but it's the imagery it is. is there for just long enough for it's True. like, this is grim. Then this is. is bleak, and this is sad. And it was right. like... I'm like, can kids watch? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But I right. was thinking as I was watching, I'm right. like, is this too much? Is this, it, yeah, are we pushing it? Are we pushing the envelope a little right. bit? I think if that maybe, yeah, maybe they would have showed like the dog Switch. struggle more. Yeah, a little, I little don't more, know. Little so more maybe movement. they took it just as far as Ooh. they could. Yeah, the, 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 the sensors. Miller the just sensors knew. He was like... very sensitive to what he can do. <laughs> maybe. There's this another scene later on where there's a there's one of the characters is this dog with like, he's got like a wheelchair apparatus, like wheels yeah. on his back legs. And he gets like, in trying to chase the paddy wagon oh, for right, his yeah. friends, he gets like thrown or hit by a car and like yeah. rolls off. And then the camera just holds on him on his side, the wheel from his yeah, that's a great shot. Pointed up, it's like a dark, wet street, and yep. the wheel is bent and it's just spinning in place, and the dog is motionless there in the ground. Right. And again, it holds on it long enough where you're right. like, this dog is dead. Yes, right. Well, because the wheel slowly stops, and then it cuts to like this dream sequence. Like they the dog him. is running through a meadow, jumping at butterflies. His wheelchair is on the ground next to him. He's got full use of his yeah, legs. He's dead. He's like in doggy heaven. I'm like, oh my God, they just killed, they killed the dog. Right. He's in heaven. And then of course it's like a fake out, like, like Harry Potter, yeah. pa- Deathly Hollows part two. Like you, you pull him back from yeah. heaven, you know, to get him back into the movie. You wake him up. He's like, it's not your time yet. Kind of a thing. But it's Pops just like, they let it go on that wheel spinning in the road just long enough where yeah. it's like, that's a dead animal. Like yeah. that's that dog's. And it's like, again, like this movie's rated G. Like this is pretty bleak. Right. Yeah. Guys. And I guess it's fine as long as they're not really dead. You can, you can do whatever you want as right, long as maybe. you reel it back. Right. Well, I mean, then you, you I think dark. of, and I don't know the ratings of some of these other kid would be labeled a kid movie yeah. or like toy story and things like that where they right i think like push you in terms of like showing you some pretty like emotional things and you're like those toys under sid's bed yeah that's pg-13 <laughs> automatically you can't, you can't show that to kids that's nightmare fuel <laughs> that is nightmare fuel get that out of here right it yeah. still bugs me out. <laughs> so uh yeah that that kind of stuff i was i just wondered about it. it's not a problem fundamentally but because it doesn't, you know, I'm an adult, I can handle it. But I was just kind of surprised watching the movie that it was, I was like, whoa, they're going there. Yeah. And they're going there. I'm like, ooh. And it also makes me wonder generally, I didn't hang around the credits too long. I assume it's there, but I'm like, did animals get hurt in the making of this movie? Like, they had this dog hanging from a bridge with yeah. its head underwater, or they had this, you know, um, I guess you you haven't seen Nope yet, right? But oh, I but, was just thinking of that ch- movie because it was featured on Amazon as well. Yeah, so. a chimp it plays a key role, like a a chimp in the entertainment industry oh. plays a key role in the plot, and it's hard to think about chimps on movie sets the same after you see. Oh man, how it's in Nope. So I was watching this, all these chimps on screen. I'm like. This seems like a bad idea. Something bad's gonna happen. Oh man! With these. <laughs> so the whole time I, I was think like, if I if I ever so watch a Jordan Peele movie, I would start with Nope. So yeah, I think that's I'll, I'll I tell think you that's that. safe. Work my way to get. Um, 
But again, I, it's hard to tell what's actually happening because I imagine this kind of movie is just like so many composite shots. It's like, let's do the shot with the horse and now let's do the shot with the pig and we'll just composite them together. Like, I don't think on set it's like there's 20 animals in a room. That seems I like think that it's would be like, tricky to control. Right. I think it's like we're doing, okay. Trainers the, ready. <laughs> right. Let's do the coverage of the cat. Let's do the coverage of right. like this dog and that. We'll put it all together after the yeah. fact. Here's one thing I did. So I didn't care was, for the cat choir. The cat choir? <laughs> I didn't care for that. I, the cat choir, I wrote down. So there a lot of things happened real fast at that part yeah. of the movie. Lydia Tarr. I, had, I thought about Lydia Tarr briefly <laughs> when I saw that cat with its tail. You're getting introduced. <laughs> we're getting introduced to all these characters in this yeah. pet hotel this animal hotel and right you meet this is right you've met mickey mickey rooney has wandered into yeah. the the ape apartment as as fugly the clown except he hasn't been he doesn't have his clown makeup on so put the clown from it in there you don't, yeah you don't know that he's a clown at that point he no. just looks like a crazy man yeah. has just stepped into the apartment and he takes the pig and he puts it in a box i'm like is this like a silence of the lamb situation is this Ooh. guy just like a like yeah. uh, some kind of you know deviant who like yeah. has these animals Seems and he's very creepy. He's creepy. And then right after that is the cat choir. You just he just passes a room or some peeks in a room and it's just like a whole choir of cats in rows singing with a conductor cat conducting with its tail oh in front of the gosh. cats. And I just wrote down in all capital letters in my notes what's happening <laughs> with the question. <laughs> there are just so many bizarre, like right. sideways turns. I'm like, there's a cat choir. Nah, you could cut the cat choir man. for me. There's a chimp with a buzz cut. <laughs> there's, right. I'm like, what, what movie is this? It was so bizarre, so fast. It they is. cut a little bit later to like these, you know, that's right before the scene where Mrs. Hoggart wanders into this town square, or whatever, with the bikers and the cops right. and the supermodels. Yeah, it the, gets kind of bizarre too. And it's just like, what is this movie? Like Venice is Beach? Just, where yeah, are this we? is just, it's so, it was so chaotic there for a minute in the middle that I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I, do I, is this a good movie? You know, I started questioning everything. So yeah, the cat choir. Some curveballs. The cat choir did, um, did register in all. All the right ways, I guess. I, I assume that was as intended. <laughs> anyway, um, final thoughts on Babe Picking the City. Should people check it out? Should they track it down? I think if you if you think you have an open mind, then I think you would enjoy this. <laughs> if you enjoyed the first one, I think you would enjoy this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you've only written Babe and this movie off as like, is that that pig movie? Yeah. The, Remind yeah. yourself that if you liked if you like Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> The same creative team and director yeah. behind Mad Max Fury Road made Babe and Babe Big in the City. Yeah, really? <laughs> so yeah. That's... Think about that and maybe reevaluate. I mean, I, I I think for me, it's it's not a home run. I'm not saying like this is a great movie. This one's not a home run. It. Yeah, I think it's babe, good. the first Babe is better. But this one is like, it's interesting. It's, it is a curiosity for sure. Yeah. And it's not bad. It's just, it's, it's just, a, it's, it's strange. It's kind of a fun it's watch. It's solid. It's... It's short. It's an hour and a half. You right. Know. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm a little surprised that we're talking about it. <laughs> and that it was so... Well, I like so... kind of how we got like sort of like... Yeah. And I don't know what things we may have mentioned here today that I do like that could lead to the next topic. You know, I think it was kind of this George Miller, the curiosity. Right. right. I, was a, I was a big fan of rewatching yeah. it with yeah. those glasses Yeah, on. it turned out there's some meat on that bone. <laughs> um, yeah. Both movies, let me say this, one little button in the Fury Road, Pig in the City matchup here. Both movies end with 
the 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 at long last flowing of water. Oh yeah. Because oh, the whole right. thing's about been repairing the water pump sure. back at the farm, and Fear Road ends with them finally turning on the water and giving it to the people. Right. Just like the this idea of like you know the water of life, whatever, just yeah. flowing and everything is right with the world. Like the same that ending beat for both movies. Finally got it to work. There's there's something to this side by side. <laughs> we're not we're not just whistling Dixie over here. This is serious <laughs> academic comparison that's true and it's there it's all we're not there gonna take it taking. to reviews reviewed we're <laughs> no, not gonna no, do no. that much with this movie no. but we know what gene siskel thinks right? <laughs> um so get yourself a baby ruth if you haven't in a while remind yourself of Bite where where it lines up in your candy hierarchy for me it's quite low i think but it's not bad it's just it's not it's not noteworthy that's that's it's, that's where i'm putting it i i yeah right it's fine Queue up, Babe, Pig in the City. I better think than now a baby streaming Ruth. on Babe, Pig in the City is better than a Baby. Ruth. Yeah, <laughs> is that what we're doing? No, I don't know. It is. Know. There's no question <laughs> that it is. Um, Queue up, Babe, Pig in the City. I think it's streaming on Amazon Prime. That's what I did. Or you can rent it at any any other video on yeah. demand service. I think I YouTubed it. Okay. Because um, that's just what I've been doing. Um, so check out Babe, Pig in the City. Uh, let us know if uh, we're way off base here. I think there's something to it. <laughs> More or less Ferdinand. You tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll wait till the votes come in. Uh, catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.